Hello, everybody, and welcome back to MarTech Masters. Today, I'm here with Shane Murphy Reuter, Senior VP of Marketing at Intercom. Hi, Shane. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Great to be here. Excited to chat all things marketing. That's awesome. Thank you for doing this. Wouldn't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what your role is at Intercom and a little bit about Intercom so people know what it is. Of course, it's a big company, but tell us uh, so people can uh, can get a little bit of uh, of the whole thing about Intercom and what it's all about. Sure. Maybe someday when I've done my job perfectly, I won't need to tell anybody about what Intercom is. They'll, everyone will just know it. But I recognize that uh, still got a little bit of work to do there. Um, yeah, so I run uh, marketing at Intercom. I uh, head up pretty much the most broad gamut of kind of definition of, of marketing that there is, like all the way from product marketing, pricing and packaging, comms, brand marketing, campaigns, demand gen, campaigns market. Like if it's related to marketing, I, I, I run it. Um, and I'm about 15 years into my career now, and I've had the benefit to, to see many different types of companies from b2b to b2c and different types of marketing from demand gen to product marketing brand as i said and um you know coming to intercom was a really great opportunity for me to bring all that experience together we while we are a b2b company we very much class ourselves as that kind of b2b to c um and so you know being able to have both b2b and b2c marketing skills has been critically uh, important and yeah we really we we, we think about marketing pretty uh, end-to-end way in the, uh, at the company. So, yeah, I've been here about 18 months and it's been uh, quite the journey so far and very exciting. Um, a little bit about Intercom. Most people probably know us as the little uh, kind of what we call uh, launcher in the bottom right-hand corner with the little smiley face on it. Um, and, you know, Intercom was launched the same year as Facebook Messenger uh, and really was the um, the first... A B2B solution, messenger solution for companies to use a messenger experience to talk uh, to their customers. You know, the early days is very much around live chat, uh, talking one-to-one with your customers rather than doing it through email. And since then, you know, we've kind of turned that launcher into a bit of a Swiss army knife of different capabilities from being able to send outbound messages, you know, do product tours around the, the screen, uh, automation technology to automatically answer the the sort of you know, common questions. And then of course, live chat being the kind of the bread and butter that we've always had. Um, and so, yeah, we're, you know, just now north of $150 million in ARR. So pretty, pretty sizable for, I think, what maybe people uh, would call a startup. And uh, yeah, it's been, been an exciting 18 months. That's great. That's great. So uh, you guys call yourself a conversational relationship platform and, and, and of course, uh, conversational marketing. There are many companies, uh, you know, putting these these um, these topics out there and talking about what conversational marketing is and what conversational relationships are. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about conversational relationship, the platform itself, and also why are you know creating conversational experiences? Why is that important for businesses, especially B two B businesses? Yeah, and given this is a marketing focused podcast, I might get a little bit inside baseball on this one. Obviously, d- deciding what to call yourself is a uh, very hot topic. Um, and you're trying to balance, I think, naming yourself something that people can understand. They go, yeah, I get what you are. Um, often when you're down that end of the spectrum of d- d- defining how to describe yourself, you get comprehension, but maybe it's too narrow. Mm-hmm. So it'd be really simple for us to say, hey, we're live chat. And people go, got it. 
totally understand it. The problem with that is that it doesn't communicate anything about a benefit or future or whatever. And then you could go too far where you're really vague. And so we had a massive debate internally around sort of where to land on that one. So let me break, actually conversational relations platform is very new. We rolled that out, I wanna say three weeks ago as the way that we're describing ourselves. And essentially you mentioned kind of conversational marketing. You've, uh, there's also like conversational AI, this conversational mm -hmm. support. The term conversational is growing as a category, essentially to describe messenger based experiences um, where you will communicate with your customers through a messenger, which is on the website or in the app, as opposed to through traditional channels like maybe email and phone. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's a big, you know, I think if you look outside of B2B, you can see that trend happening with Slack with, between oh, yeah. employees, and you can see it between human beings uh, with the likes of WhatsApp, Facebook Messenger. Messenger experiences is just where the world is going. And so the conversational part of our of conversational relation platform uh, talks to that, that we were the company that invented uh, the conversational movement when we invented the, the modern business messenger. Uh, and we want to stake our claim as kind of like owning that sort of uh, growing uh, movement. The relationship platform part um, hints at, we actually don't like the term conversational marketing. We're, we're, we do use it as, to describe one of our solutions um, because kind of that's how people understand mm -hmm. what it is. It doesn't really communicate though the benefit to the customer or like actually what that thing is. It's actually talking about the buyer, mm -hmm. right? Marketers buy conversational marketing. In reality, it's conversational sales um, for if you think about the definition of it. And the way that Intercom thinks about it is that you should apply com these conversational experiences across the whole life cycle from the second that somebody like reaches out to you on your website all the way through to like onboarding them and helping them get started through to like when you've got a problem, you know, and, and the thing that ties all of those things together is building relationships and yep. the, the power of conversation on the messenger based experiences is ultimately that you create these great connections and relationships with your customers. And so uh, we're a conversational relationship platform as a result. We believe in messenger-based experiences and we believe that you should apply that across your whole relationship with your customer from the first time that you, you see them across the bar to the, you know, uh, you've had that first fight with them when you're trying to support them, you know? That's, that's awesome because it's a great segue to my next question, which is how can a company deliver that conversational experience throughout the whole journey from, Hey, I don't know what this is. I'm doing research to, I want to talk to someone in sales to I'm becoming a customer, help me through the experience to, I have a problem, help me. Right. So, you know, I think I would say a couple of things. The first thing I would say is like, uh, it's really important. I think that you have that consistent experience. Um, cause people have become no, no now that if you want to log into your account, you go to the top, right. Mm -hmm. You log in. That's where it always is. We need to, if we really want to help our customers, we need to have a similar sort of like, I know if I need help uh, at any time, it's just there. It's in my corner, mm -hmm. right? Um, and if you have like for some part of the customer journey, you have it there and the some of it you don't, you're creating this really choppy experience. And so I think the first thing I would say is it's critically important if you really want to do this well to consistently have it there. Now, if you only think of the messenger as reactive live chat, right? So somebody has to have a problem to reach out to you and, and then you can kind of answer it, whether that be through automated answers or 
uh, through human responding, you, it's very difficult to, to use this as a way to kind of manage that experience across the life cycle. Mm -hmm. um, and whereas Intercom's Messenger is much more than reactive live chat, we have the capabilities to do outbound messaging, to use data to target different types of outbound messaging in different formats depending upon where the customer is in the life cycle. And so you know, to answer your question directly, I would say the way to use it across the life cycle is to think of it far more than a reactive thing that helps support. And to think of the messenger essentially as this like Swiss army knife in the bottom right-hand corner, which can help send messages to the customer when they need it, right? Like pointless noticing that somebody's having an, an issue or needs like a message and then sending them a, an email to their, their inbox and they've got to mm -hmm. leave. It would be like if I walk into a store, right? And I'm like looking around and I ask a question or they want to put an offer in front of me and they say, oh, go home. I just sent you something at home. Like, like, go home and then come back to us, right? That's like crazy. Like, people want answers now. And so I think um, making sure that the, the power of that messenger is there, it's ready, and being able to use a combination of outbound messaging, which we would call proactive, mm -hmm. to self-service, which is your automation to allow you to scale it. And then uh, through the live chat for the live chat we reserve for like the really high value conversations, whether that be a really important need that comes to your website that you want to like proactively talk to, or it be a VIP who's having a complex problem in your app that you want to handhold through the, the, the resolution of that issue. Yeah. And I love what you said about the consistent experiences, because at the end of the day, you don't want to be there when you're selling to them, but not there when they already became a customer or things like that. Because again, that, that, that creates that, separate experience from becoming a customer or trying to acquire your and things like that. But I also like your analogy to coming into the store and, and that gets me to the next thing, which is, okay, if I'm coming into the store and I'm looking at, at, you know, shoes, then the person is going to say, what can I help you with your sh shoes option? Or is this for a specific occasion? They're not going to try to sell me pots or whatever it is that that's on the other side of the store. So, you can actually customize the experience, the conversational experience to where they are on the page or if they are a specific type of customer or if they are in a certain specific part of the journey, right? Exactly. So like the way that we visualize our essentially our platform is that the top layer is the messenger and that's what the customers interact with. Underneath that are a bunch of management tools that the, our actual customers use, the people who are like setting up the campaigns mm -hmm. or handling queries. And then underneath that is a CDP, um, which is capturing all of the data of where is the customer. It may be capturing, depending on how you set it up, actual product usage data, and also can suck in all of the data that you might have in other places like Salesforce, like Marketo or whatever. And so that mm -hmm. you can use all of this data to power, just like you would historically have powered sort of your email campaigns, mm -hmm. uh, you can power the messenger in exactly the same way. And to your point, like the most uh, sort of effective campaigns really not only use those different layers of like proactive sort of self-service and live, and live human support, um, they are using all of their skills as a marketer um, to uh, target it at the right life stage, right customer. To my point, like 
the experience that you'll give to the VIPs is likely very different to what you will give to, uh, you know, some of the lower value customers. So you might have a lot more automated help there versus just let them straight through the live chat for the That's VIPs, great. for example. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, so tell us more about how you guys can help and, and conversational marketing in general can help marketers uh, to, to accelerate lead generation because that's also very important and it really works. So tell us more about that. Yeah. So specifically on conversational marketing, you know, I think most marketers, particularly B2B marketers know that there is a direct correlation between speed of uh, follow-up. Usually we mm -hmm. call a follow-up right to when the customer has some sort of lead generation event and then how quickly the sales team reach out. Yeah. But actually if you think about that, like traditional, method it's actually kind of crap because firstly you have to wait for the customer to trigger something like download a white paper or um you know kind of sign up for a free trial and that sort of thing mm -hmm. then you need to capture that you got to pass the sales wait for them to follow up etc whereas with the messenger in the corner you can trigger it based on on-site browsing behavior immediately which is actually true intent right if somebody's on your pricing page mm -hmm. fire it immediately say hey do you have any questions uh, that i can help you with um, and so really the benefit is you end up having a much higher conversion rate um, of your leads, mainly because number one, the speed to follow up is much quicker. Number two, the data that you're using to figure out should you trigger or not is more real time and actually more, there's a lot more color in it than did they just like download a white paper or not. Mm -hmm. um, and then thirdly is obviously that personal outreach, right? You can actually have a real person reach out to them. Now, if that a lot of people are probably scared saying, Oh my God, we're going to have salespeople reach out to everybody. <laughs> right. But to my previous point, you can use data to identify only trigger a human. If the company FTE size is above something. Mm -hmm. uh, and if they aren't, what you can do is trigger a bot, which we call our custom bots, which will cap ask them questions to capture and automatically qualify the lead. And if it meets certain criteria, then get a salesperson to come in. If not, tag it as a lead and you can follow up on email afterwards if you want to. That's great. That's great. So um, you, you mentioned a little bit of the triggers. Uh, can you specify, can you have specific triggers like watch this video or things like that in the website or in the product, depending on what your triggers are? Exactly. Well, yeah, exactly. I would say that in the, in the product, if they're an existing customer, you can use a combination of their use using user behavior, right? What are they looking at? What are they clicking on to tr trigger things? Um, and then also all of the data that you have of, of, of them as a customer, right? FT size, all that sort of lovely That's stuff. Perfect. As their conversation market, if they're coming to your site, we obviously integrate with third-party data providers into your Salesforce so that any data that you do have, you can trigger. But to be fair, when you don't know who they are, that data is often a bit more limited, but we're limited in the same way as any other marketing technology company you know, would be. That's great. That's great. So you also recently launched conversational support funnels. Tell us more about that side of the business uh, and how you help people with their support and the customer service side of things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, we talked about conversation marketing, which is getting leads in. Conversational support is all about actually how do you support your existing customers? Mm -hmm. We we recognize that one of the challenges with intercom is that people assume that we mean live chat when we say conversational. Um, and so we wanted to create a blueprint for how the best our best customers use intercom for conversational support. And we called it the conversational support funnel. 
it's kind of like the way that HubSpot did the flywheel thing, right? They were like, this is how you really do marketing. And we were like, this is how you really do conversational support. That's great. And effectively, it describes uh, conversational support as a funnel with three layers. The top layer is proactive. So if you know that you're having like delayed deliveries or some sort of issue, you should proactively reach out to those customers and send outbound messages through the messenger to tell them when they're in the app so that by the time they experience that issue, they're like, I already knew about oh, it. Yeah. Uh, so it doesn't even, even before they know they have a problem, you solve it. Then some of the things, like let's say they've lost their password, I didn't know, they could have any issue that are kind of very common issues. You then have the next layer down, which is uh, self-service support, where either a bot will answer the question for you or will direct them to a, an article that you've written on how to solve the, the question. And we find that actually most people would prefer to have their answer solved that quickly like that and um, rather than have to talk to a human. So that's mm -hmm. actually a great customer experience as well. It's very much like an ATM, right, for a bank. To get cash, you don't want to go and talk to the bank manager. You just want Definitely. to get the cash, right? And then the, the third layer is human, which people know us for, which is like, if it really is like a complex question or a complex problem, you can get it through to a human. Uh, and you can see, uh, you know, get a one-on-one -on -one, um, uh, relationship there. So like, for example, one of our customers, October, um, who are a European company, uh, when they implement the conversation support funnel, they cut out immediately 30% of their uh, wow. queries that were coming into them while maintaining 95% CSAT and their wow. improving response time. So, you know, 30%, if you think about the amount of like sort of, uh, you know, to a head of support, that's like meaningful oh, yeah. uh, impact and efficiency, right? Definitely, definitely. That sounds great. Uh, and, and it goes back to the whole, the whole, the, the whole funnel, but not just the whole funnel, the whole buyer's journey from the marketing to the sales, to the support and keeping that experience. I've seen sometimes websites that have one type of live chat on the website. And then if you become a customer, they have other types. And then that becomes kind of like a choppy experience. Give me chills here. Stop. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It keeps everything consistent and easier for them, the easier it is, especially if you can do it all online. If it, if this is something that like SaaS that can be an online experience that, that will make the whole process even better. Uh, so, uh, tell us a little bit about, um, about how things have been changing through the crisis. I know a lot of companies are adapting and we always talk about that, how, you know, companies are trying to adapt to some of the changes. Also, we have talked through this series on how the crisis actually accelerated a lot of the changes in technology and is forcing us uh, to live in the future, pretty much in the in the words of Mikita Mikado from uh, Panda Dog. He said, we're living in the future. And I'm like, yes, we are. So uh, tell us a little bit more about how you have seen some of these changes and maybe some of the long term impact that you've seen from the crisis. Yeah. So, you know, accelerate change is exactly the right way to describe it. You know, when Intercom was founded, it was founded on the kind of insight that there uh, had been a trade-off in experience with customers and scale. So like the scale of the internet took off and that personal experience got really hurt. And tools like email tried to solve that issue, but they weren't good at it. And the uh, reason the messenger was uh, launched by Intercom was to try and give both a personal experience while also at scale to try and, you know, solve that problem. When COVID hit, 
that just became the like firstly the the, the volume increase so many co companies had of of required support um was was out of control like a couple of stats here one of our customers AcuRx had a 10x increase in the number of sort of support queries wow. cal fresh who were like a food program typically had 800 applications a day when i had 10,000, and so huge increase in scale um, and at the same time people were hurting they really needed a personal experience these weren't like when you're applying for a food program that is a personal yeah. like i've got a real issue and so the expectations of experience also went up um you know uh really aggressively and, and companies and then add to it that like things like call centers just got started getting shut down yeah. you can't be in a call center during a pandemic and so we've seen not only obviously increased adoption by new companies using intercom like CalFresh and AccuRx, um, but also for many of our existing customers, depending upon obviously the industry, um, needing to very quickly adopt more of intercom. So had they just been using it for live chat, suddenly they're realizing the power of the automation and the proactive so that they can use that funnel that I described to mm -hmm. uh, you know, improve their efficiency like CalFresh essentially use bots to handle now a lot of the applications um, so that they can you know, achieve that sort of increased volume. So yeah, it's been a real, uh, to your point, accelerator of things we've already believed. Wow, that's awesome, that's awesome. I also saw that you guys offered free access to nonprofits. What, why don't you tell me a little bit about that and how some of the companies are using it to help people? Yeah, so we, we decided to offer free access, not only to nonprofits, but basically anyone in the fight against COVID. So we actually have some co companies um, who are for-profit companies, but set up some sort of like kind of side venture where they're trying to help people. Mm -hmm. um, and so like a classic example of that would be telehealth companies. Um, like we have a company called, uh, well, actually AccuRx is a good example of that. Um, and so... Yeah, we decided to give it give it away for free. Um, I think it's one of those situations where corporate social responsibility is really important. Uh, yeah. And we tried, and again, this is a marketing podcast, so we'll talk a bit inside baseball, but obviously we had that kind of internal debate around, like, would we publicize this or not? Like, we didn't want it to sound like the only reason we did it was for the, the of course. Uh, comms, but we also wanted to make sure that people understood that we had it so that they would kind of in this catch-22, right? And so, yeah, we put it out there with a blog post of, relatively quietly so if there are any kind of people listening to the podcast who are in the fight against covid uh, certainly reach out to uh intercom and we can we can help we will definitely add it on the blog and in the links and everything to make sure that people know more about it it's it's i understand there's a balance between telling everybody because you're excited to help but at the same time people will take it as a self-promotion at the end of the day if you're being human and helping humans it's awesome and people will definitely see through that so uh we really appreciate every time we have companies that that do that we really really like that so now you've been you've been also working with bigger and bigger companies nowadays uh, and you've been going through your own pivot in your strategy tell us a little bit more about that and how companies are deciding to uh, you know, work with bigger companies like you are working with Facebook, Amazon, Lyft, you know, huge companies. How, how do you do that? And some of the tips that you may have for, for agencies or companies working with bigger, bigger organizations out there. Yeah. You know, it, it's pretty different. Like, and I think it depends what you mean by up market, right? Like Intercom have quite deliberately uh, tried to avoid the huge knee jerk. We're going to go from like 
focus on startups to enterprise. Yeah. We're very much trying to take it one step at a time so that we can ensure that our product that we're building is incrementally moving us up market and still is fit for purpose for all of our customer segments. And so, yeah, you know, you mentioned some of the brands that we're, we're working with there, which are really the, the top of the sphere. The main difference is that the buyer changes quite, not only the buyer, but like the buying committee changes quite a lot as you move up market. So one example would be when you're selling to a startup, oftentimes the user and the buyer are the same thing. Hmm. Um, you start moving up market, they are totally different things. Like I, it's been some time since I've had my hands inside any marketing software. I, I, I uh, shouldn't admit it, but it's true. I've not been in AdWords. I've not been in Marketo. But I'm the buyer, right? Like I'm the one who's actually signing it off. And so suddenly the buyer changes very, a huge amount and trying to, you have to understand the needs of those buyers, classic marketing, go understand them, their pains, their needs and all of that and market directly to them as a result. The likely biggest things that you'll find as you, you do that that you need to change are number one, like your go-to-market motion. Um, typically startups, um, when, when you're startup focused, you need to keep your, cost to acquire pretty low and so you kind of have this free trial let them in you you know sales is not warrant like a very small company sales getting involved as you move up market it's critically important that sales are involved to help the market buyer truly get all of the value out of the product and so you're likely to shift to much more of a sales led motion and intercom and you can kind of see it in some of our pricing and packaging we're clearly on that shift towards there have been a lot more sales consultative partner approach with the upmarket companies That's and for the smaller ones we allow them just to sort of use. And then the only thing, you know, the other thing I would say is like the marketing channel approach, you're likely to move from sort of mass marketing type techniques to much more of an account-based approach where you know who the, the companies are that you want to sell to. And so you're directly marketing to them, whether it be direct mail, you know, digital advertising, the likes of LinkedIn, where you can target them directly, or even use my old company, AdRoll, to target with digital advertising, all of that. So the, the move from sort of mass marketing approaches through to like account-based direct marketing approaches is a big shift. Um, so like those are probably the two big ones that go to market motion and that massive shift to an account-based approach. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing. Again, this has been great. What's next? at intercom and and anything else you want to share this is the last you know the last question is always anything you want to share you know anything self-promotional we've already talked about the nonprofits, but whatever you guys have uh in in for the future for intercom or you if you want to share something go ahead and again shane this has been awesome thank you for sharing all of this yeah thanks so much for having me having me on gabrielle uh you know, I think the main, my, my main message next for us is like we are increasingly in, in investing in the company and the product. Like we just announced a new CEO, we have a new CFO, we've broken 150. Like we're really, we're coming to here today. And those, you know, the, our, our revenue, et cetera, show that this trend is like uh, in conversational, it's going to continue to grow. And yeah. if you are a marketer or head of support, I, my big push would be try, try conversational and don't assume that it is live chat really understand the power of having a thing in the corner that can do all of this that i described uh, and, 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 and adopt it and you know intercom are increasingly investing in our capabilities to um to uh, not only sort of improve the way that you're talking to your customers but also the tools that you can use to manage that like i mentioned the cdp and all of that and so you know a huge amount of opportunity to really revolutionize the way that you uh, uh, build relationships with, relationships with your customers. So 
uh, I would get out there, get on to intercom.com uh, and get in touch with us to give it a go. That's awesome. Thank you, Shane, again, for sharing all of this, for doing this with us today. And, uh, and we'll definitely put some links in here on the video and, of course, on the blog to share all that information about the nonprofit and also how they can get a free trial and get it, get it going. Thank you, Shane. Perfect. And uh, stay safe, okay? Take care. Thanks so much. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Have a good one. This episode of MarTech Masters was produced and edited by Nextony Marketing. To watch the series, visit our website at nextonymarketing.com. Subscribe to our channel to keep up to date with the latest news from our friends and MarTech Masters.